Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo, and in this podcast, you're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Okay, here we go again, scuffling around like a scuffly thing in the rich food bowl of amateur radio news and anything else we can dredge up about communications in general. It's good to have you along with us for this one, podcast number 111. There's some stuff in this episode which I think will amuse you, and as always, you can dig deeper if you want to by visiting Southgate Amateur Radio News on the web or tuning in to CQ Serenade, the programme on shortwaveradio.de. And this podcast is also broadcast multiple times on Radio Gemini International. Hello to you if you're listening via Gemini right now. Now, our first item is quite close to my heart. I really enjoy using digital modes on my ham radio. This means a computer hooked up to the transceiver, and it handles all the audio and the switching signals via a single USB cable. Digital modes are generally for text exchange between two stations, but there are a very large number of modes. Some are very popular, and others are rather more specialist. In broad terms, the best data modes, in my opinion, are those which use very small bandwidth on the busy ham bands, but use very sophisticated error correction techniques to get the signal through under marginal conditions, whilst still allowing the operators to have a live keyboard-to-keyboard chat in real time. You'll find data modes still communicating perfectly long after the band has closed to voice traffic. Because there are so many modes with waxing and waning popularity, it has sometimes been the case in recent years that a shiny foil new mode has attracted a lot of interest. That's fine, of course, but sometimes there are so many simultaneous users trying out the new modes that the operators are spreading their signals way outside the section of band set aside for them. In general, band plans are set up that are sensible gentlemen's agreements designed to help people with similar ham radio interests to find each other in the morass of others signals. So unfortunately, all this popularity can bleed over other users, squeezing them off the bands, much to the annoyance of data modes users who are keen to experiment with modes that are perhaps less well subscribed, but are still extremely interesting. So, the International Amateur Radio Union decided to take a fresh look at the bandwidths allocated to each type of data mode, with a view to seeing fair play while accommodating some of the latest new inventions. A new IARU document proposing greatly enhanced band planned allocations for digital modes such as FT8 is available to download. 
As an example, in the case of the 20-metre amateur band, it's proposed that data segments should be allocated as follows. 21 kilohertz bandwidth for time-sync data modes, such as FT8 and FT4. 24 kilohertz bandwidth for conversational digital modes, such as Olivia and Domino. And 19 kilohertz bandwidth for automatic unattended transmissions. Commenting on their website, the Irish Radio Transmitters Society said that the objectives were to review the data modes usage of the amateur radio HF spectrum and propose changes that reduced intermode conflict between dissimilar operating modes and to facilitate the expansion of new technologies. In conducting the review, the IARU said that it was considered necessary to update the manner in which band plans were created. Accordingly, the groups studying this issue have modernised IARU's band planning definition toolkit and added additional data mode definition characteristics to help separate out on-air activities that are fundamentally incompatible within the data mode family. With the band planning process updated, the band plans of all three IARU regions were studied, focusing on the data subbands and taking into consideration mode popularity and capacity requirements, as well as existing band users and intermode compatibility assessments. The proposal document is available for download on the IRTS site at www.irts.ie and then follow the link to the 2021 HF Band Plan Revision. As I'm sure I've said before, radio amateurs enjoy generous chunks of the radio spectrum, all the way from very long waves up to high microwaves. In many cases, the bands have to be shared with military or commercial users. In general, the relationship is one of mutual respect. In other cases, amateurs have been granted exclusive rights to frequencies, and no other users should be heard in these bands. One type of radio user which the amateurs are mercifully protected from is broadcasting, using as it does huge amounts of power and immense antenna installations which would make small signal communications such as amateur radio unable to function effectively. So, the red lights went on, the alarms started sounding and much indignation was brought to the fore when a broadcaster crash-landed right into the middle of an exclusive ham radio band. The German National Amateur Radio Society, DARC, has been describing how a case of interference in the amateur radio 40-metre band, where amateurs are the primary user, was being caused by an AM broadcasting station in Tashkent. Well, it seems the situation was speedily dealt with. On October the 22nd, there was an AM broadcast on 7160 kHz between 18 and 18.15 hours UTC. Due to the transmission power of the broadcast radio station and the breadth of the commercial A3E signal, there was considerable impairment of radio traffic in the 7155 to 7165 kHz range over large parts of Europe and the Middle East. 
The frequency range 7000 to 7200 kHz is exclusively assigned to the Amateur Radio Service in accordance with the Ordinance on the Amateur Radio Act. Germany's Bandwatch organization, led by Daniel Müller, Delta Lima 3 Romeo Tango Lima, contacted the company responsible, Media Broadcast, to investigate the case. Media Broadcast said that the mistake was made by a contracted relay station in Tashkent, the capital city of Uzbekistan. The exact cause is still being investigated. The provider there had actually been commissioned by Media Broadcast to broadcast on 6040 kHz in the 49-metre radio band. The Bandwatch team were assured that this was a one-off incident, and the broadcaster apologised for the inconvenience. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. It's all about radio and the wider world of communications. I picked out some of the latest stories from Southgate Amateur Radio News, and you can find a lot more by going to southgatearc.org. We hear again that a very generous grant has been provided by the Amateur Radio Digital Communications Organisation. Eye-watering amounts quite often seem to emanate from this group, and the latest recipient is ARIS, the Amateur Radio and Space Agency's collaboration which gets young people talking directly into outer space. The American branch of Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, known as ARIS USA, is known for promoting science, technology, engineering, arts and mathematics by arranging live question and answer sessions via Amateur Radio between students and astronauts on the International Space Station. In the last two decades, over 1,400 contacts have connected more than one million young people to astronauts using Amateur Radio, with millions more watching and learning. ARIS is constantly pursuing opportunities to enhance and sustain educational capabilities and outcomes. ARIS USA is pleased to announce that the Amateur Radio Digital Communications Philanthropic Organisation has awarded them a five-year grant for a project called Student and Teacher Education via Radio Experimentation and Operations. The total grant funding over five years is nearly $1.3 million. This ARDC grant will fund three distinctive initiatives that enable ARIS to sustain and improve their scientific educational outcomes. The first initiative is to help ARIS develop a wireless electronics technology kit called SPARKY, which is short for Space Pioneers Amateur Radio Kit Initiative. This is for use with middle and high school students. The grant will take Sparky from prototype to operational and then deploy these kits into a selected set of ARIS formal and informal educational organisations that are planning their ARIS radio contacts. The second initiative requires ARIS to educate the educator by creating awareness of ARIS, amateur radio and the Sparky kit to prospective formal and informal educators in the USA. ARIS USA will conduct workshops for a selected set of educators to aid them in seamlessly employing Sparky in their teaching environment and for ARIS to receive their feedback and ideas. The third initiative sees the grant supporting some of the costs of the ARIS live contact operations between students and astronauts aboard the International Space Station over the five-year grant period. 
Aris USA Executive Director Frank Bauer welcomed this news and said that Aris USA was so excited about the new five-year initiative. It will be a science education game changer and represents a key element of the Aris vision. Most importantly, it brings wireless technologies and amateur radio into the Aris formal and informal classrooms. Frank said that Aris thanked the ARDC for their interest and support and look forward to working with them on this incredible initiative. Amateur Radio Digital Communications' mission is to support, promote and enhance digital communication and broader communication science and technology to promote amateur radio, scientific research, experimentation, education, development, open access and innovation in information and communications technology. ARDC makes grants to projects and organisations that follow amateur radio's practice and tradition of technical experimentation in both amateur radio and digital communication science. Such experimentation has led to broad advances for the benefit of the general public, such as the mobile phone and wireless internet technology. ARDC envisions a world where all such technology is available through open-source hardware and software, and where anyone has the ability to innovate upon it. Amateur Radio on the International Space Station is a cooperative venture of international amateur radio societies and the space agencies that support the International Space Station. The primary goal of ARIS is to promote exploration of science, technology, engineering, the arts and mathematical topics. ARIS does this by organising scheduled contacts via amateur radio between crew members aboard the International Space Station and students. Before and during these radio contacts, students, educators, parents and communities take part in hands-on learning activities tied in with space, space technologies and amateur radio. For more information, see www.aris.org, that's Alpha Romeo India Sierra Sierra, and you can check out Aris on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube too. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.